Welcome to the Beyond the Massacre podcast with Cam Lee. I'm your host, Pete Sludge Monster 76. And get ready to hear the untold story of the history of death metal. The truth they don't want you to know, the version they don't want you to hear. From the man himself, Cam Lee. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Beyond the Massacre podcast. So, hello to everybody out there in podcast land. So, uh, we probably had something else planned uh, for this week's episode, but something popped up and something that was kind of timely. And I told Cam, we have to do, we have to get this recorded now because I think it's something that needs to be addressed. It probably, I, I had seen some other bands address it, but probably not to the level that Cam's gonna gonna break this down for you and explain how this actually happened. So uh, I'm not I'm not gonna spoil anything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this over to Cam and I'm gonna let him explain exactly uh, why it is we're here doing this podcast this week. Okay, so what I want to basically bring up is when. Bands only have to cancel shows, um, but it's not necessarily the band's fault when the show is canceled. Um, a majority of times, at least from you know my experience, it's usually because of something at the venue or most likely the promoter's fault. You know, and that's one thing. You know, I, I uh, I'm not trying to throw any promoters under the bus, but I'm trying to explain to you sometimes that um, it's usually a logistics problem or something that's come up on the promoter's end of something and why shows get canceled. And I'm going to address specifically the California shows that Massacre had set to play last year uh, in 2022. Um, we were supposed to go out. Right, and this was like still during the pandemic. It was at the bottom half of the pandemic, but it was still kind of in that pandemic time. So Again, this is not a push the blame sort of thing. I'm going to explain how it happened, what happened, and uh, currently what's happening today, which is which is uncalled for. So what had happened was the shows were set. Everyone knows that. In California, everyone knows the shows were set. They were set up through a promoter. Um, everything was going fine. But we, as Massacre, as the band, we have a, we have a specific rule. And that rule, and I'm sure a lot of other bands have this rule too, and especially when you work with agents. Agents definitely have this rule because we're working currently now with agents, and they have sort of a contract rule that uh, stipulates all this stuff. Massacre, during the time, wasn't working with an agent. We were doing stuff by ourselves. We have a specific rule that 30 days prior to the show, that's a month, 30 days prior to the show, everything on the promoter's end has to be set up and done, meaning uh, venues have to be rented meaning flights have to be bought and paid for, meaning hotels have to be uh, booked and ready to go. That's generally what we look for, and we ask to have a 30-day window there before the show is even done. Now, what happened with this particular promoter is that didn't happen. Um, it kept getting pushed back. It pretty pushed back. Uh, flights still didn't come. So eventually what ended up happening to us, the day of the show, now we had three shows booked, the day of the show, that we were supposed to fly out and this they pushed it back to the point that we were going to fly in early in the morning into california from florida and go and play the show that night day of the show we still had no airplane tickets none none at all this is the promoter's end of this thing he's supposed to book the tickets supposed to have them paid for and everything day of the show we still had no tickets he kept holding off saying he wasn't going to cancel the shows wasn't going to cancel the shows holding off holding off holding off Finally, the day of the show comes. We're supposed to have airplane tickets. We're already packed. I'm ready packed. I'm ready to load up my car and take my stuff uh, to the airport. And we're contacting each other back and forth on our cell phones. And lo and behold, there's no tickets. Uh, Mike Borders, who, play, who is our current manager at the time and still as our manager, acts as our booking manager, was contacting the promoter back and forth, trying to get you know, what was going on, what's going on with the plane tickets. Promoter basically said he bought the plane tickets and they were paid for, yet we had nothing. We had nothing to, to show. We had no plane tickets through the flight. We checked everything. And the last hours are winding down. The promoter's like, uh, well, I'm, I know I paid for them. 
so Mike contacted the airport itself, the airline, to find out what was going on. The airline said, quote, this is what the airline said, the tickets were not bought because they were trying, they were being, uh, trying to be purchased through a stolen credit card. What had happened after that is Mike contacted back the promoter and said, hey, look, this is what they're, they're telling us. And the promoter said, no, that's not true. Basically, it ended up being a, a back and forth, back and forth till finally we just couldn't make it. It was impossible. By the time all this was going down, it was impossible for us to even make it there. Long story short, promoter says he's going to refund everybody, rebook the shows later on. Um, two of the shows, from what I understand, he was able to basically refund the tickets. One of the shows, he was unable to refund the tickets. Um, again, this is not on us. This is not the band's fault. And I'm sure this happens to a lot of bands. This is on the promoter. Now, what's currently happening is we're over a year now where this incident went down and there's still disgruntled fans in California blaming the band for it. Now, I don't care if you come and you get on your social media and you see where I'm at. And you say, you know, I'm going to contact Cam because, you know, I'm still angry about this show and I want to know what's going on. And you personal message me. That's fine. I will personally message you back an explanation, which I'm giving right here on the show. However, when you're disgruntled and you go on the band's social media and you start telling other fans not to support us because of what happened to you. Unfortunately, that happened to you and that happened to, between you and the promoter. Yes, the band was the band you were coming to see, but that is not any reason to tell other fans in other states, in other countries to not come see us because of an incident that happened to you. And that's where we have a problem. And that's what I'm trying to address. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, so I, I think I think a lot of fans uh, are just don't quite understand the way that the way the whole touring industry works and the way the whole. The whole thing with, with it works with, you know, the flights and, you know, a lot of people probably think that bands pay for this themselves and they don't. I mean, it's not at all the way it works. And, you know, the reason that bands like you and a lot of bands uh, have this 30 day prefer a little bit longer, but 30 days being the cutoff is that you guys have day jobs. You know, it's not like Massacre is everybody's freaking job and the band. You know, the other guys have, you know, they have regular jobs. They got to get time off of work. If you take time off of work, vacation, and it ends up getting canceled, that's money you've lost because you don't have money coming in for the show. Exactly. And you don't have yep, money coming exactly. in for, for work. So uh, some people might not understand why you have, you know, a 30-day, you know, preferably a little bit longer, but why that you guys have that 30 days built in there. And that's to make sure that you guys are protecting yourselves. You know what I mean? You right. guys, you guys aren't going to be incurring the costs of when something like this happens. Now, uh, you guys could have. Now we're using air quotes here. You guys could have, you know, paid for plane tickets yourselves to fly out there. Which I'm sure there are fans that would be like, "Oh, they just should have bought tickets themselves." However, now, how much would it have cost to fly the entire band out there on your dime yeah. round trip? Yeah, now we did check into that because we were getting, like I said, we were, there was a lot of stuff coming down to the wire. We were like, oh, man, uh, this guy doesn't have us tickets. Let's check into the tickets. We checked into the tickets, cheapest tickets we could find that day of, because you got to remember, this is down to the wire, day of, was going to be about $1,300 each. That's four people going out for about a little over a thousand, a little over a grand um, round trip tickets. And uh, there's just no way we could have done it because I don't know about you, but in my reality, I don't have an extra $1,300 just sitting around <laughs> just, you know, that I could just nilly nilly. Oh yeah, I got it. And you know, we're death metal, you know, um, we're not rich. And, uh, that, that, that was a big thing. So we did check into it. So I don't want people thinking that we just, we just didn't do anything. Right. We were checking into it on our end too. And, uh, you know, this is also a list. This is a lesson. This is a lesson for us. This is a lesson of why I want to use more professional talent agents um, and why I want to do things in a certain way. Now, you know, I, I, I've gotten, I've gotten resistance, um, you know, in, in my own band of not using certain talent agents and certain stuff because of all the other logistics that could be behind it. But when you use a 
respectable talent agent, somebody who's been around for not, you know, just five years or not even three years, but somebody has been around for a couple of decades, you know, you're working with professionals. And, uh, you know, unfortunately during that time, during that setup, we had no talent agent to back us. We were basically trying to do it ourselves. Like we've done pretty much with everything. And a lot of times do it yourself works, but times like this and situations like this is, this is why it doesn't work. And it's a perfect example for me to always go back and go, hey, remember when uh, we try to do shit ourselves and why it doesn't work? No. So um, I can always bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> bring that up. And, and people got to understand, you know, it's not saying that you can't you can't do DIY tours because you can. However, DIY tours don't consist of you getting in a plane flying across the country to the opposite coast, playing three shows and then coming back so that you can then in turn go back to work. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, most bands, uh, and you know, they're, like you said, most bands are younger. Uh, you know, we're, most of us are grandfather age by now. You know, I'm one, I want to like, like enlighten people to that. Yeah. Some <laughs> of the members that I, yeah. Some of the members I have now are, yeah, they're younger, but all of us are, are, are parents or could be grandparents or as you said, have jobs. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't glorious, you know, like, you know, Motley Crue kind of shit. This is like, you know, death metal. So, yeah, it's the bottom of the barrel of entertainment. I don't mind it. I love being in the underground. It's a special place for me. And I, I love staying here in in kind of being in the underground and not being a rock star. I fucking hate rock stars. So it's kind of good for me. But people, people need to know that separation. We're not rock stars. So we're not going to, we don't have the, the accessible uh, availability uh, funds to just throw out there and just run off and play rock star all the time. We of, just don't do it. Of, and like you said, we have jobs. Of course. And you know, the other thing is too, um, I'm sure people are going, well, uh, why didn't you, why don't you have a talent agent? Why didn't you have a booking agent? Well, what people also have to understand is, you know, uh, a talent agent booked in a booking agent, they don't work for free, which means you're giving up. Exactly. Now. <laughs> you're giving up a nice little chunk of, of that money. So, Yes. Uh, do you have more protection when you're using a booking agent or a talent agency? Of course you do. However, you also have less money coming in because that talent agency isn't working for free. And, you know, they can take, you know, oh, yeah. 10, 15, 20% for, you know, some of the bigger ones, you know, but yes. along with that, you know, you're getting your, you're getting your, you're getting your guarantee that this kind of stuff doesn't happen. So, I mean, like you said, it's a lesson learned, but I just, I, for me, it was important that we record this because I wanted, I want people to understand that, you know, uh, you guys aren't, you know, a Metallica, a Pantera, a band of that sort that you have these unlimited funds just sitting there waiting that when, you know, stuff like this happens that, you know, it, it can just, you guys can pivot on a dime. I mean, you guys... Yeah. Look, you guys are doing an American tour. You know, you you've got your you've got your East Coast run coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. And you know, if you're there and you you're listening to my voice, I want you I want everybody listening to this podcast to understand something. Massacre is not a young band. Yeah, and I'm not saying no. that, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that Cam's going to fall over and die tomorrow, you know, cuz that's not going to happen. However, what you got to understand is, you know, I've seen the comments too where people complain about, "Oh, yeah, you know, you guys were here, but I didn't get a chance. Next time you come around, well, guess what? Massacre is the point is at the point now where if you're in the states and you miss them, you might not get another chance to see the band live, correct? Correct. That's that's very correct. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the reality I want people to understand. I'm closer to 60 than I am 40. So that, I mean, if that gives you guys a kind of a, you know, I'm 56. So I'm closer to 60 than I am 40. I mean, do first off, do I want to be looking at us as a fan? Do I want to be looking at a 60-year-old fat bastard rolling around the stage like a big walrus? I don't know. <laughs> that's not I mean, the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, um, and that's the other thing, the body shaming thing. I want to get, let's touch on that. Let's touch on that. We know, sure. I know you've said that body shaming has been a thing, but why is it a thing in death metal? Why, I mean, so, and it's only, only, you never notice that it's only if a member at one point was skinny. Because <laughs> if you got a fat guy, now in death metal, if you got a fat guy, everyone accepts it. Okay, it's a big fat guy. And if he loses weight, everyone's like, oh, cool, he's lost weight. I didn't recognize him. But if he's a skinny guy, like I was majority of my life, that put on some pounds during COVID, 
now I'm all of a sudden like going to be made fun of. Yes, I make fun of myself. I'm self-deprecating because hey, it, I know I got fat. I, I'm not going to shy away from it. I love to eat. And COVID gave me a reason to fucking sit home, eat and cook. I was watching so many goddamn cooking shows and learning how to cook new shit during COVID. That's why I got fat. <laughs> Plus all the stress and shit. But, you know, we don't have to talk about that. But, yes, I know I got fat. But why is it acceptable? Why is body shaming like like acceptable? In a scene, in, in the metal scene that says they accept everybody. In a metal scene that preaches all the time, oh, we're not racist. We're not, we're not you know, bi, we, we accept everybody. Fat, skinny, you know, gay, straight, trans, you know, black, white, Asian. It doesn't matter. We accept everybody. You lying fuckers. <laughs> you lying motherfuckers. Well, I mean, the biggest hypocritical bullshit I've ever heard. You do not accept everybody. You play that role. You like to say that, but you're hypocrites and you don't. I'm not talking about everybody, but there's a certain amount of you that are. Of, of, of there course. There you go. And, and here's the thing. I, I you know... I gotta say, I have a feeling that's that's probably more of an uh, an American thing than it probably is a European thing because you do. It see is. I will. Yeah. yeah. You, you, I will tell you that. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I no, will no. tell you that every time I do see the comments, it's an American guy. It's like, and it's an American, and it's all you know, you know, it's always some kind of guy who's got like a goddamn issue. I'm going. I'm going to call that guy fat. You know. <laughs> Everybody can put two and two together with the accent there. Okay. <laughs> well, no, and, and and that's exactly it. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. I don't I don't th I don't know necessarily that it's a it's a it's a it's a scene thing. I think it's more of an a an American thing because you see a lot of European bands that don't have small guys, and I, you do you see a lot of the you see a lot of the American bands that don't have that 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 don't have small guys anymore. But you know, it's it's still it's still frowned upon, or you know, people make the snide the snide remarks when they see you know when they see you. Or, you know, I mean, look, when when I was doing this back in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, you know, I was a whole half a person smaller than I am now. You know, I Me mean, I, 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 I was I was I was super skinny. And the funny thing is, is, you know, when people when people see me, they're like, they, they kind of like look and they're like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy anymore. You know, I I've gone through shit in my life and shit changed. And, you know, my metabolism, my metabolism changed. And, you know, sometimes I probably don't eat the healthiest anymore. And you, you just changed. But, you know, it, it's I think I think you're right. I think it really is more the people that used to be skinny and got fat are the people that everyone's just like, oh, well, look at him. He's not, you know, he's not this, he's not that anymore, you know, but it, it is, it, it's definitely, it is definitely a thing that exists I mean, out there. I mean, here's a, here's a perfect example. Look at what happened to Brendan Fraser. Oh yeah. Everybody likes to rip on Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser back in the nineties was like this, you know, like had a fucking perfect body. He was this like hot guy that all the chicks wanted. And he went through some, you know, some mental stuff that really devastated him. And, you know, he ate probably the same thing I did, you know, because of stress and all stuff. And he got fat. But uh, he just won a goddamn Oscar for playing a fat guy, though. So, I mean, obviously it worked out for him in some some way. I think in The Whale, I think that was the, the name of the movie. Yes. He won an Oscar for it. Yes, that. it was The Whale. Yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, there you go. But, I mean, again, here's a guy who at one time was a fucking heartthrob to chicks, you know. Um, you know, the guy from The Mummy. For fuck's sakes, man! The month, the three months, and all of a sudden, it's just like, what happened to Brendan Fraser? Now I watch Doom Patrol, and majority of it's Brendan Fraser's voice as you know, um, the robot. But it's just like you know, they, they do cut scenes in with him, you know, when he was the race car driver and stuff like that. So it's 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 you know, it happens to everybody. It's not like you know, it's not it's not like um, I wish I could stay skinny. I wish that you know, I wish I was as thin as a rail but back then but the thing is you have to look at that time frame from the time i was a teenager pretty much up until like the early 2000s i was skinny so if anyone's got you know if anyone can say anything about you know anything look at the time look at how long you know i stayed skinny you know unfortunately 56 man you know once i hit 50 like my metabolism slowed down and things started happening i started growing hair in weird places um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but wait a second. Wait a second. Now, see, here's here's the thing. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that, too. Um, so you at least have the benefit of still having hair on top of your head. 
Now, one thing that was a serious, and we're talking about serious issue for me having to deal with mentally, was that I always had long hair. And then it was right around, I mean, so I just turned 50. So it was right around, I would say 41, 42. I noticed that uh, I started losing hair up front. And then around 44, my daughter started saying, saying, oh, look, you're going bald back here. You've, I can see skin back here. And before I knew it, I like had these huge, and I was like, no, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be this guy that has like two pieces of long hair, does the comb over, wrap around. You're not going to just skull it? No, no, not at <laughs> all. So, you know, I did, I, I had to, I basically had to, I had to shave my head because I wasn't going to be that guy. And as a, as a metalhead, and, you know, as someone that grew up punk, then did metal for a majority of my life, uh, it was hard to deal with. Because, you know, it, yes, it's more accepted now. And now you see a lot more guys with, you know, shaved heads in the metal scene and stuff. But let's face it, you know, it, having long hair is still, you know, it's still a part of the scene. It's still a part of the music. It's still a part of the genre. It's a part of the culture. You know, you're, expect, yes. you're expected to have some sort of long hair. And like you said, I've got no hair on top of my head, but I've got hair growing on parts of my body that I never had hair growing before when I had hair on my head. So I, under, so I understand what happens now. It runs from your head and it goes everywhere else in your body, and it's like, ha ha! And we're gonna go, we're exactly. gonna, we're gonna park ourselves here now. So there you go. It's it's also a hair issue because you know, uh, it, it, that's that's a very that's a very real thing. That's for sure. Well, I say, okay, I, um, when it become a when it became a hair issue, when all these bald guys started coming into the scene, at first I do remember that. I kind of do remember there was a negative stigma at first, yes. and it kind of like it's gotten used to it. So it's like a decade. So, so I think a decade has to go by before people accept that I have the body of Buddha. I have the body of a god. It's just Buddha, you know. <laughs> I have the dad bod. I'm a proud owner of a dad bod. <laughs> That's the, that's the, that's that's the best. But look, let's let's face it. The most important thing is this. Um, I gotta say, as someone who has who who has heard some of the new stuff that that you're working on, your uh, your your any weight issues you have are not affecting your voice in the least bit. And as far as I'm concerned, your voice is probably stronger than it it, it sounded in many many years. So you know, it 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 might not fit people's. Uh, you know, visual what they what they think of a death metal singer when they when when they look at you on stage. But as soon as they hear your voice, it's they, no one can say shit because you're the one thing is that you're not you you know the, your body might not be what it used to be, but your voice is better than it was. That's for sure. So I can say that. I know got, you can't. It got, so it got fatter. My voice got fatter. <laughs> your, your voice got fatter. <laughs> <laughs> Now I can tell you something though, um, you know, and this is this is just this is real talk. That's what we do this show. One thing I did notice is after I got COVID and I had COVID, even though I got fucking vaccinated, um, I still caught it, and I noticed uh, I can't hit the really high pitched screams anymore. I will tell you that. Now, where I think it affects everyone different, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. You know, I'm just second guessing here because I know some people it affected their lungs, some people it affected their stomach. It definitely affected my throat, so it really got me in my throat. And um, yeah, I noticed that I can't hit the high pitched screams now. It could be because I'm 56 years old though, and I did smoke for quite a you know long time in my life. I, I smoked. I smoked from the time I was probably 18 to up to into my 40s. So. I smoked for a very long time of my life, but I haven't smoked in over, it's been like a decade now. And uh, yeah, I, I just definitely noticed that after I had gotten COVID, um, the high pitch stuff is just, it's just, it just won't get there. It's not like I'm, I'm struggling. It's just, it just won't, it just can't get over that, that hump. There's like a hump there when I go to scream and it just won't, it quite doesn't get over. It's like, it's like a turtle trying to get over a speed bump. It's like watching it. <laughs> slowly back and forth trying to get over a speed bump and it's just won't it's just not making it no and and, <clears throat> and i i have the same issue so obviously i don't sing death metal anymore but i do sing in beer guards and stuff doing acoustic covers and before i got covid twice or three times depending on how many times we want to count me having covid um I was able to do uh, songs that I'm just not able to do anymore. I mean, I, the the range is definitely not there anymore. Um, and uh, some of my stamina, as far as, you know, being able to hold notes out, I mean, I used to be able to do that forever. And I, I noticed an effect that, that I was losing some of that too. And I really do. It did. 
COVID had long-term effects on singers. There's no doubt about that. Now, I'm not saying it affected everybody the same way because someone's going, everybody said, no, fuck off. I'm not saying everybody was affected, but I I will say I know other singers. And I mean, Cam's just explained to you, I I had it. You know, there are singers that have had, that have had said that yes, COVID definitely affected uh, their vocals in one way or another, whether it's your whether it's your range, whether it's your stamina, whether it's your breath control. You know, COVID, having COVID had an effect that lasted uh, longer than having the actual the virus. Yeah, it's, and I think it's lifelong. You know, unfortunately, I think it's lifelong. Again, like I said, with me personally, uh, it's with the, the pit, high pitched screams. Again, you know, of course, I'm not trying to be Danny Filth or anything like that. So I, I, I usually use the high pitched screams as kind of like a kind of accent to my stuff. But I've noticed. Uh, especially because I've been recording some new stuff that, yeah, I just can't get it there. I can't get there anymore. And it's the, it's, I don't know if it's so much the stamina, but like you said, the range, it's definitely, I don't have the range in the high pitch stuff as, 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 as I used to, although the lower stuff, I'm kind of like, I've got a comfort zone now. Yeah. I, I felt a comfort zone in, yeah, in, in my lower. Yeah. I, I, I can say that, you know, I mean, your, your, your low range stuff. And I mean, yeah, I guess you'd notice it. I mean, I, I, I really didn't listening to it, but yeah, I mean, you know, that some of the high pitched stuff wasn't there, the, 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 that stuff, but it, the low, the lower register stuff, uh, seems just a little bit, it, it seems a little bit fatter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, what, one thing I, I've always said, and I will talk about this because this is what the show is about. We'll talk about my vocals. Every time I go in to record vocals, I try something a little different. I know that's kind of hard when people say, oh, you just do death metal vocals. What do you mean you try something different? But I do. I always try something just a little bit different. I, let me try this. Let me see if that, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. The most experimenting that I did was in the band, the Grotesquerie. I did a lot of experimenting vocals in that. Um, of 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 sort of little nuances i will say more than so much vocals do uh did i get like guttural and ridiculously low yeah and some stuff i did and some older bonar i did but i only use it as accented parts i don't do the whole song i don't what i call the mush mouth stuff um mush mouth vocals to me death metal vocals it sounds like when a death metal vocalist has got a bunch of cotton in his mouth and his cheeks are full of cotton and you can literally if you really watch death metal vocals that do the mush mouth stuff you can see how they're doing it when you look at their face. You can see that they're pull, they're blowing their cheeks out like they got like they're squirrels with nuts in their cheeks, and they're doing the vocals. And they're it's almost like they're biting. They're not letting their entire uh, they're clenching their teeth. So they do their vocals through clenched teeth and what I call squirrel cheeks. Yeah, they're not relaxed. Um, yeah, and they do those deep guttural vocals like that, and and yeah, those guys usually mic cup. Now, again, I'm not one of those haters that hate people that mic cup. There's a lot of people out there that say people that mic cup cheat. I don't call it cheating because it's a technique. I don't call it cheating. No, there's people that's out there that will say, and you know, and probably people of my age and and other vocalists will probably say, what the fuck's Cam talking about? Mic cupping is cheating. No, it's not cheating. It's a technique, and I understand and respect the technique um however it's not a technique that i particularly like to use i will use it once and occasionally on stage to get lower just to have an accent but i don't do it all the time there are vocalists that do it all the time i'm not ripping on you that's not what i'm doing but i'm telling you that's a technique that you prefer to do and i noticed the technique and i noticed the what i call the mush mouth type of vocals where you don't even have to enunciate you could literally be saying anything <laughs> as long as it's in the like we talked about this before there's vocalists that i doubt they're really saying the words <laughs> their yeah. lyrics yeah no no yeah. There, there are there are definitely singers that get on stage and do not sing whatever lyrics are printed on the inside of the album or yeah. cd now or i have to, i i usually do and because i do i like to be enunciated and because i'm enunciated i have to remember my vocals and there are times i will tell you there are times live or I'll forget the line. <laughs> I'll forget it. And I'll use the same, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll be like, whatever, I'll, whatever line comes up, I'll, I'll, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm there. And I'm like, I don't know this line in my head. And we're getting to it. And seconds, milliseconds later, I'm like, fuck, I forgot the line. I'll say it live. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, I'll say it. In the, so if you catch a show once in a while where I say, fuck, I forgot the line. Yeah, I forgot it. I forgot what the hell I'm saying. 
So it happens. At least I'm not fucking Vince Neil in it out there. You know, like whatever the fuck Vince Neil does sometimes. I have no idea. Of course. And you know, hey, that's another thing, by the way, that does also, we'll go back to it and we actually bring it back around. That comes with age. So I personally, um, I have no, I have no memory anymore. I mean, my memory is shot, especially when it comes to um, music and lyrics and doing and doing covers, which is all I do when I when I play live is covers. So I literally have an iPad now with a page turner, and I just basically I sight read chords and chords and lyrics. And people are always like, you know, oh well, I've seen this guy; he does it cool. Well, you know, maybe we don't have the same life experiences and, you know, maybe my brain's a little bit fried, but, you know, it sounds yeah. good. Well, it sounds good yeah. what I'm doing. So it's not like, you know, it's not like there are any pauses in there. It sounds the same way as it, you know, as it does if someone that's not using that. It's just, you know, it's one of those things. As we get older, some things, some things just start slipping. And, you know, you might not yeah. always remember every single word to every single song. You know, I'm, I, I'm a really big movie buff you know this you've seen my you've seen my movie room oh yes i love movies i love i love movies and i love the 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 behind the scenes stuff about movies and and there's a thing that people do people don't realize that actors do they really i mean now back in the day probably they did that's why you have a different kind of actors back in the day compared to actors now but actors now today actors do people not realize that they they have teleprompters (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that so they don't remember their lines. I can tell you right now, majority of actors in movies today, they're not remembering their line. There's a teleprompter off the side, uh, out out of view of the camera. They 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 can read the lines. If you actually watch some actors, some actors are really bad, so bad that their eyes are actually looking at the teleprompter rather than the what they're looking at. But a majority of actors use teleprompters. You know how many times I thought, man. I need a teleprompter live when when I'm doing lyrics because that would help so much if I had this electronic (laughs) teleprompter off to the side. I will not lie. It is the nicest feeling to show up, set up the iPad and and know and put it on its happy little stand and know that no matter what happens, everything's going to be okay. I don't have to worry about my memory failing because there are there are songs that I play over and over and over again that I don't need to I don't need to sight read and I don't you know I got the the lyrics you know what I mean. But it's always nice just to know yeah, it's, it's like there. Exactly, it's always nice to know that it's there if you if you need it because you know uh, it, it, it's just some nights where it's just not there. You know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. it's just not there, and it is it is. It is a huge thing. And, you know, the, you see people get beat up. Oh, they use a teleprompter. You know, look, it's not if, – if backing tracks, I, I I have issues with. However, teleprompters and that stuff, I don't have issues with because you know what? If if it means that the person on stage is going to hit the – is going to sing the right lines when you're singing along – you know, then, then, then what's so, what's so wrong about that? There's nothing wrong about, you know, no. about that. Hey, every single politician has a fucking goddamn car- cards. You know, every single politician, you think they go up there and give the speech? They got fun. They have speech writers. They don't even write their own shit. So like all these politicians that go up there, they got a cards. They're looking down at their fucking, that's why they put that podium up there. And that's why you ever, every once in a while they'll look down because they, they're reading the next line. They're reading whatever bullet point that they're going to hit. I mean, that's just normal. You just you do that in school. I mean, you that that's why you, you do homework. You take notes. You know, most people I remember if you were a really good student, you would go and you, and you fuck up the fucking public books. But you go and highlight the stuff that was going to be the next you know thing, because that's what you do. You highlight the things that are important, the bullet points that you're going to hit and stuff like that. So, again, yeah, I don't mind it. I don't. I again, it's a tool. Just like we're going back talking about the the you know the the techniques that people have, death metal singers have. Again, it's a tool. So I would ne- I'm never going to rip on a tool. Yeah, I'm going to rip on you if you're Millie Vanilli in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to you know if, you, if you're out there lip syncing, I'm going to like make fun of you. But if you're using the tool to help you improve yourself, I'll never rip on you. Yeah, no, and you know, the, the, the backing tracks are a very popular theme right now in music and. 
I think as far as death metal goes, it's nothing anyone has to worry about because I can't imagine that there are any death metal bands using backing tracks the way that other bands do pop bands where you actually have full vocal backing tracks and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm sure there are some, you know, death metal bands or extreme metal bands that might have, you know, don't have a, a keyboard player or have intros. You guys have intros, you know, which get triggered. Yes. You know what I mean? That's not a backing track. When we're talking about backing tracks, we're talking about actually full full pieces of a song being there whether it's vocals or music or that kind of stuff that you know basically wouldn't function the song wouldn't function without that you know what i mean and and then the basically the band gets to be lazy and not worry about that where as you guys use like uh the soundtrack stuff i, I just can't take no pleasure in killing just some things you gotta do don't mean you have to like it listen asshole no you listen you little bitch you hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish. And people would want an entirety. Oh, I want to see Massacre do From Beyond its entirety tour. That's also a possibility. Not because I want to do it. Because fuck, I don't really want to do it. But if that's what the fans want, I've got to at least cater to those fans that want that. Sure. And look, I understand the issue with playing the full albums. And it's it is definitely a trend at the moment. You see a lot of old school death metal bands doing that, that they're doing full European runs uh, of doing, you know, classic death metal albums, you know, front to back in entirety. And look, if you do a one-off festival, so let's say you're headlining some, you know, some festival and you want to give that festival something special and it's a festival that's catered towards old school fans, then, I, you know what I mean? Surprise people, you know, go out there and, you know, say, hey, you know, we're going to do, you know, from beyond front to back tonight, you know, and, you know, hope you guys enjoy it and then play, you know, a couple more songs and then, you know, au, au revoir, have a nice night, you know, but it doesn't have to be something that, you know, that happens for a whole tour. You know, if it happens at a festival here and there, it makes it special, you know, and then it also makes those appearances special. You know, it makes that festival, it makes your appearance at a festival more special if you do something like that, that you don't do at the next weekend, you know, because, right. yeah, so for your European run, you've got one, two, three, three festivals, uh, three, four, you got four festivals in there. You know what I mean? So uh, two of those festivals, there's a chance that the same people will be at. You know what I mean? So we have four festivals. We yeah. have four festivals. Wait a minute. Wait. wait okay. Okay. I know we have the Exit Fest. Yes. We have Obscene Stream. Uh -huh. And we have the one in Sweden. What's the other one? In Flamen in Germany. Ah, oh, man. I completely forgot about in Flamen. Yeah. I have to. Yes, I forgot. So we do have four festivals. Man, I didn't really realize that's pretty good. Yes, I like that. It is. And, and the yeah, nice, that's nice. And, and let, we we could talk about that for a second. So for the for those that haven't been you know looking at the dates and everything, so the massacre is. Even I forgot. Yes, even I forgot. See, see there you go. That's you know. Yeah. So so obscene extreme uh, massacre is going to be playing at, and then the next night. Uh, so that's a Saturday night. On Sunday night, Massacre is playing at the Exit Fest in Novi Sad in, um, in Serbia. Serbia. Yeah. And then there's a couple dates in between. But then you guys play at, you open the Inflamen Fest on Thursday night. Then Friday night, you're in a Schaffenberg. And then Saturday, you guys are flying from Germany up to Sweden and doing, I don't know what the name of that festival is, but it's that... It's that big festival in Sweden and uh, Massacre is playing on Saturday night and it is the same night that uh, Creator is headlining and Dismember is also playing that night. Yeah. You know. No, that's fun. That's 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 fun. It'd be cool to be in Sweden. I, we haven't done, I haven't done, I haven't been in Sweden since, I don't know. I don't even remember. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't even remember if I did it in the 2007 run or not. Uh, so it's been a while since I've been in Sweden. So uh so, it, that'll be great. Hopefully some of the Swedes that I play with show up. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's talk about that. Have, have you played in, I would say you probably haven't played in Serbia before, correct? Nope. No, nope, never, never Serbia. No. Nope. Have you played the in, Cro have you played in Croatia before? Nope. That's going to be a first as well. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a first. But I'm sure you've played in Italy, right? Uh, yes. Played in Milan once. Yes. So yeah. this is, a, this, mean uh, again, Again, a lot of this tour is cool. It's a lot of places we I've never been to, and I'll be playing, and 
feel i wish you know that the other places that people said oh i wish you were playing spain or i wish you were playing the uk wish that could happen but uh again not our thing yeah uh, again when you when when people complain to the band about that hey hey man it's the the agency we went through <laughs> I'm, that's the agency we went through that's what they set us up at you know so you got to kind of go with where the agent sets you up at you know yeah i can put words in i always do i always drop in a, hey this is going on maybe we could maybe we can grab grab this while we're going on i mean you have to understand and i don't think people understand this you were there so you you get this but the fans don't understand this entire new run in the U eu this is all set up around obscene extreme which was set up last year yes so this 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 eu run isn't like something that just we pulled out we didn't pull a fucking rabbit out of our ass this literally was set up around obscene extreme which i got i basically set up when we were at United and Brutality. So yeah. I got with Kirby. I got with Kirby. Kirby saw our performance at United Brutality. After that, he was like, yes, I want you to end up seeing a stream. And we we basically that night, we, we said, okay, I'm going to be there. Come hell or high water, I'm going to be there. So even had we not got a tour booked around it, we'd still be doing Obscene Extreme. Right. It's it, just really, it's, it really worked out that this tour worked around that. Yeah. And, and, and that's, a, that's, that's another thing. I mean, I, you know, I'll, pull back the pull back the curtain a little bit i mean kirby came to the festival with this specific uh with a specific goal of getting massacre at obscene extreme you know and yes. I, I i gotta say that you know that's always the nice thing when you're standing on stage on the side of the stage like i do when you guys are playing at these festivals and stuff you know what i mean and i can look off to the side and i see these promoters or see you know uh uh uh, Vladim, uh, Vladim, uh, Vladimir from freaking Vladimir. flesh from yeah. fleshless to see the look on these guys faces when you guys start playing some of those classic songs. It, it honestly, it's the coolest thing in the world to see, you know, it's like, it's like transporting these guys back, you know, 35 years, you know, back to the old days with the tape trading and stuff, you know, and I, I think some people don't, yeah. don't quite grasp that. I think some of the younger fans don't quite grasp that, you know, there's a lot of older concert promoters, festival promoters, a lot of older, so a lot of these older bands that, you know, it, Massacre played a part. You know, it's it's like, you know, when you hear a song on the radio all the time, you know what I mean? When we were young listening to demos and getting demos, you know, it is awesome to be able to go and see a band play some of those songs that played such an important part in your upbringing, you know, and it was so important to you. So, I mean, I, I got to say, as as a bystander, as someone that, that stood on the side of the stage and watched, you know, some of these let's face it, important people in the scene, you know, their face, you know, light up and be these, you know, these, these teenage death metal fans or grindcore fans again. It was, it's just awesome, man. I mean, really it, it makes me so happy for, for them to be able to see the band play. And you just, you just see that, how happy they are. And, and that's not, you know, and people can be saying like, Oh, listen to Pete sucking cam stick. No, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, that's the reality. You were sucking my dick. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. So look, I, I come to the shows, look around and look at the side of the stage. You know, a lot of times you go to festivals and, you know, you, you might not always go to see the other bands play. You know what I mean? But, you know, when you guys played United Brutality, there were a whole bunch of the bands that were standing on the side of the stage or standing in the crowd because they wanted to see you guys because, you know, they also understand you know, because they are also of a certain age that at some point, you know, this might be the last chance they get to see Massacre. So go and enjoy it because, you know, people don't realize, you know, I wish I could go back in time and see some of the bands that I didn't get a chance to see, you know, because I thought, oh God, they'll, they'll, you know what I mean? It's, uh, they'll be around more, you know what I mean? It'll, it'll come around more and, you know, it just, it, it, it didn't, you know what I mean? So get out, see massacre while they're out playing because you know i i can promise you it's a it's a good time it's a it's a fun experience and you know what if anything you'll you'll cam cam's a great entertainer and it, you know I'm, I'm sure he'll say something off the cuff that'll make people laugh uh like i i'm the proud owner of a dad bod <laughs> yes <laughs> like you're the proud owner of a fucking dad bod you know what i mean yeah. and it, 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 it's it's awesome you know and it's cool and 
Yeah. So, did we have anything else you want to talk about today? Do you have anything else? Well, you know, like you were like you were just mentioning about that. You know, like to bring us back a little bit to that. You know, like I do recognize that. So, I think on that show, that particular United Brutality Night, I did dedicate something to Vladimir. Yes, because I knew he was watching the show. Yes, I try to do that. I try to do that with every show if I know a specific person's there. It, I mean, the show's for everybody. Of Everybody's course. there to enjoy. But there's be specific times. Like when we played the UK, I dedicated a song to David Ingram from Benediction because. I knew he was there, right? And he was there for us because Benediction had played the day before. The rest of the guys left, right? David, David stayed. Right. David stayed specifically for us. So it's like, you know, I've got to recognize this, and I don't have a problem recognizing it on stage. That's why, like, and sometimes I'll be playing in front of thousands of people, thousands of people. I mean, if I happen to notice somebody doing something special, especially if they're up front, if they've worked their way up front to the front of the stage or as close as they can, and they're trying to get my attention, I try not to ignore you. If I see you, I, okay, you got to understand, I'm looking at a sea of people. So if I do happen to, you know, if I do happen to not see you, um, I'm sorry, you know, I apologize. But if you do work your way up to the stage and you do make it a point that I see you and it's something and I can see that appreciation, I'll point that out. I always do. I always try to I always try to make somebody feel special. Uh, um, and I also brought that little girl up on stage at United in Brutality. Yes. So that was there's, that, there's that always. That was a very that was a very cool thing. That I mean, there's if if I see that there's a kid out there and the kids enjoying themselves, you know, I always try to make that I try to do something memorable for that kid because that kid's gonna rem remember that their entire life. Of you course. Know? Wow, this was a time when this band pulled me up on stage and made me important because that kid is the future. That kid isn't just as important. They're they're actually more important than my old ass up there, my old fucking fat ass up there. Yes, those kids are important. So I'll pull them up there and put a spotlight on them because they are the future. They are the future, and I want them to experience something positive, not something negative. Because there's a lot of fucking asshole. You know, they call me an asshole, but whatever. I know there's a lot of assholes out there that would like ignore a kid or even spit on a kid before allowing them to come up on stage. And I try not to be that kind of an asshole. I'm an asshole only to people that treat me bad. But when there's people out there to be treated nicely and treated good and to be held up on a pedestal, like I said, there's a kid out there in the audience, you know, enjoying it. I'm going to put them up on a pedestal because I'm going to bring them up on stage and show everybody. This is the future. This is what it, this is. the These are the kids we need to celebrate and, you know, lift up. Yes. And you know, the funny thing is, 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 so I don't know why this is, but you know, it was at United in Brutality. Dude, people were, ha dude, people were literally, and I, I guess this probably sounds a little, this will sound a little strange to a lot of death metal fans, but people were having fun while you guys were playing. And I don't mean as in they were ignoring you or anything like that. I mean, dude, people were just generally enjoying it. You had those two chicks in the back that were dancing on the beer kegs. And I mean, they, yep. I, I, I've got I've got video and I've, I've got pictures of that. Dude, that was just the coolest thing in the world. You know, they they couldn't see. they So just for, so people know, at the very back of this fest tent that Massacre was playing, they had they had the bar section. And unfortunately, the way it was set up, it was it was it was kind of at a slope, so they were down a little bit. And these women probably weren't the tallest, and there was there was a sea of people they couldn't see. So they literally they got up on top of these beer kegs and were probably I don't know their heads were probably eight feet tall at that point, you know, because the beer kegs were probably three four feet. There were a couple on top of each other, these small German ones. And they were just dancing, having a good old time for like almost half the show. And it was so awesome to see. You know what I mean? It was, that's the part of the scene that I think so often gets overlooked and that people forget. People go to these, people go to a lot of shows these days and they, they mean mug people. You know, they want to be the tough guy, you know? And it, yeah. it, this this used to be fun. You know, death metal used to be fun. We We did it. Because a number one, it's it's what else were we gonna do? We weren't gonna do anything else, but we enjoyed it. And eventually, even though the crowds were small at the beginning, people that were coming to shows were having fun. They were enjoying themselves. No one was coming to the show mean mugging someone standing up front of the stage with their arms crossed, going, you know, impress me, dance monkey, dance, or anything like that. You know, people yeah. used to come to shows to have fun. And the nice thing I've noticed is that when I've seen massacre shows, people come and they have fun. 
And, you know, except, except for those guys standing in the back with their arms crossed, yes, which ex- I point out, ex- all the time. <laughs> except for the guys that are standing in the backs with their arms crossed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, yes, there are always going to be those people. You know what I mean? But it, if anyone takes anyone, anything away from this episode, at least as at least on my part, is if you go to shows or you go to festivals, go and have fun. You know, don't go and, you know, with this mean mug and cross your arms and, you know, I'm more evil than you and look at how black metal I am or look at I'm more death metal than you. You know, go and have fun because, you know, life is short. We've all lost friends and just fucking go and have fun and enjoy it because, you know, that's what music's supposed to do. It's supposed to it's supposed to entertain you and it's supposed to make you happy and enjoy it. So there you go. There's my go enjoy fucking music rant. So to end this podcast, we're going to drop another song off the newest Massacre album, Corpus Umbra. And this song is a Gigi Allen cover. The song is called 99 Stab Wounds. Are we fucking doing this? Yeah!